Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our reading this morning is from Mark's Gospel, and if you've noticed, Mark's Gospel is on the move. There is so much action and movement and travel and healing, and if you blink, you will miss something in Mark. In fact, one of the characteristics of Mark's Gospel is the word immediately. Mark's getting on with it. Things are on the move. In today's scripture, take note that we are just in the first, uh, in the 21st verse of Mark. Listen to all that has happened already in Mark's gospel in just 20 verses. Jesus starts at the River Jordan, baptism, and immediately uh, the Spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness where he's tempted. Then the arrest of John, the first spoken words of Jesus, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. On the move again, this time to the Sea of Galilee, which was the site of last week's story, uh, where Jesus calls Simon and Andrew, James and John. Immediately, they left their nets and followed Jesus. All of that in 20 verses. Now, Jesus plus four head up to the northern uh, part of the sea, And we get to today's story picking up in verse 21. They went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent. Come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. So more people have died this month in the United States of the coronavirus than any other month yet since the pandemic started. Less than a month ago, a riotous mob disgraced our U.S. Capitol in a deathly raid. National unemployment is hovering around 7%. Our nation is the most openly divided, I think, that it's been in all of my lifetime. 
So we, we want answers and healing and a word of hope. So why should we gather this morning and give all of our attention to a 2,000-year-old story about an exorcism? Well, strange as it may seem, I think this story has 2021 written all over it. If Mark's gospel is the oldest of all the gospels, which most scholars contend that it is, then the words of Jesus after his baptism are the first recorded words of our Savior in the Bible. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And as I said, Mark doesn't play. Mark's getting on with it. The kingdom of God is at hand, so let's go. Let's put this thing into action. And while Matthew and Luke have, the, have long passages of Jesus' teaching, like uh, in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, for instance, the teaching in Mark's gospel is usually of the visual sort. Today's story, for instance, it says that the people who gathered at the synagogue that day were astounded at his teaching as he taught them with one, as one with authority. But did you notice there are no verses in here that are given to his teaching? The teaching seems to be an exorcism. Instead of teaching using a PowerPoint, The exorcism is the teaching. So I ask again, what was Jesus teaching then and now that could possibly hold a word of hope for us today? There are 18 miracles in Mark's gospel. 13 of them deal with healing. And uh, only four of those 13 healing miracles or not an exorcism. That is, I'm sorry, four of the 13 are exorcisms. So one out of five healings in Mark involves a demon possession. Well, what, what do we make of this? Some might suggest that the teaching here is primarily about the healing of this one man. Besides, Jesus throughout all the Gospels leans toward the least and the lost. Remember in last week's story, uh, Jesus recruited two poor bank fishermen to come be part of his inner circle. And it appears that maybe some of the Bible editors might have thought that the, that the primary focus of this is this one man. I mean, you, you might have a Bible open right now and see a heading for this story that says, The Man with an Unclean Spirit suggesting that he's at the center of this teaching moment. I mean, Jesus is the the one who talks about the shepherd leaving the 99 to go after the one lost one. But I don't think this is the main lesson today. I'm going to challenge the editor's heading here. Others might suggest that the teaching here is a way of setting up Christianity as superior to Judaism. Our our reading does say, they were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. What is this, a new teaching with authority? 
Some have let that lead them to believe that the focus of this might be to put down the scribes, do a little one-up on the old tradition, Jesus good, Judaism bad. I don't think this is the center of this at all. Or maybe, maybe the teaching here is, is mostly about the wow moment that's in there, right? I mean, four grown men have dropped everything, left family, left friends, left job to follow this guy who is doing the miracles, and he is a miracle worker. The passage says they were astounded, they were all amazed. And the passage says that after all of this, Jesus became even more famous. But Jesus isn't one to go around checking out approval ratings. I don't think that's it at all. Besides, how long would you follow a celebrity if that were it? I I saw Tony Danza one time in the Delta Sky Lounge. It was kind of cool. I I snuck a picture with my camera, sent it to my sisters. But I'm not leaving Melissa, the kids, second punts and following a celebrity. I just don't think that the highlight of Jesus' fame is at the center of today's story either. Here's what I think is the central message, the, 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 the headline of today's teaching. If, if Jesus had put at the top of the lesson plan, what do I hope the students will learn today? Here's what I think lands at the center of today's teaching. Jesus has the power to challenge and defeat all evil, all boundaries, all that enslaves. No oppressive influence can withstand the power of Jesus. Jesus begins, as I said, begins his ministry declaring the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, and in this first teaching event, it's as though he's saying, now let me show you what it looks like and why it should matter to you that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's the Sabbath. Jesus and his four new disciples have gone uh, now to worship. And the man with the unclean spirit declares, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Well, first, we don't need to get hung up on the language about somebody being possessed. The story is, after all, a first century story before Sigmund Freud and Madame Curie, Crawford Long and Edward Jenner, Pavlov and Skinner. Illness, and especially psychological illness, is often referred to as someone having a demon. Did you know it wasn't even until the 20th century that the word lunatic was taken out of the medical vocabulary. A lunatic is someone affected by the moon, lunar, 
Well, affected by the moon, possessed of a demon, ancient cultures had broad categories to describe the medical mysteries that they did not understand. But part of what I love about the language of demon possession is how broad it is. And we tend to characterize disorders with this kind of pinpoint precision, oppositional defiant disorder or whatever. But to have a demon can encompass a whole range of anguish and imprisonment. And if you know somebody, if you know somebody who struggled with an addiction, mental illness, depression, some kind of sinful self-destruction, chronic pain, any, any number of states of torment... They might tell you that they feel possessed by some evil that is beyond them. Possessed might be the right word here. Two more things about what the possessed man said that might deserve our attention. First, did you notice that he speaks to Jesus in the plural? What have you do, have? What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Well, who who knows? It could be uh, the voice of multiple sources of torment. It could be a recognition that all forms of evil raise a trembling hand when they're in the presence of that much power. That's the second unusual thing about what the possessed man says. The evil within him recognizes who Jesus is. I know who you are, Holy One of God. While while the others in the synagogue maybe don't seem to. But evil shudders in the presence of pure love. There's this beautiful verse in 2 Thessalonians And the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth. Let's not underestimate the power of evil to enslave us, to bind us. Evil is not the absence of good. Evil's too aggressive for that. It's too aggressive to be the absence of something. Tormented people know that to be true. But even the most muscular and aggressive evil has no chance in the presence of the Holy One. The lawlessness will be revealed. The lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth. And all evil falls like bowling pins. But this story is honest about the pain that can precede freedom. The man convulsed and cried before before the demon left him. Sometimes the release from the grip of evil is painful before it is liberating. 
There are hard days before addiction is overcome. There are wrenching internal battles before we give up our favorite sins. A parent told me one time that her wayward, rebellious son had ended up standing one day before a judge who handed down a pretty light sentence, but the judge said to the boy, Son, you're going to have to change your playground and your playmates. The release often comes with a cost. It's sometimes painful. But the story tells us that Jesus has the power to challenge and defeat all evil, all boundaries, all limits that enslave. No oppressive boundary can withstand the power of Jesus. So, so why, why would I preach about an exorcism? Because so many who listen to my voice today are battling demons. Yeah, church folks. Don't miss the fact that this man was in worship when he encountered Jesus. Aggressive evil is real. And the pandemic has in many ways given oxygen to the demons within us. Idle time, increased stress, all of that a playground for the lawless one. And evil, evil is very, very close. You know, before the pandemic, one in four women were victims of domestic violence. We've got a group here at Second Ponce, offices here helping domestic violence victims. The head of that group told me recently that those numbers are skyrocketing because partners are at home, stress is more acute. Alcohol use in the last year among women has increased 41%. The FBI has reported that biased, motivated killings, hate crimes, had a record year, a record year. You know that I could go on. Evil is aggressive, and many get up every day to go one more round wrestling against the brawny demons, and I know, I know. But here's the good news. It's the reminder that they lose in the presence of Jesus' power and love. It might be hard. You might convulse and cry before the demon gives up. But whatever power has gripped you has no chance if you lean close enough to hear Jesus and watch all of the evil fall powerless to the ground. First chapter of Mark. And the gospel is setting up the stories that follow by showing us, not telling us, but showing us that the demons that once were winning have no chance. 
in the presence of pure love. So if there ever was a timeliness to be reminded of the power of evil, it is 2021. Exorcism has everything to do with our current circumstance, don't you think? If you're tired of being gripped by the power of some evil beyond yourself, then call one of us. Call one of your ministers and let us escort you into the resources for help and into the presence of Christ's love that defeated evil by exhaling. It may be hard at first, but Jesus has come to liberate from all that binds, and the demon that you battle, I promise, has no chance in the end in the face of that much love. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.